There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When you faithfully serve the Lord, God takes note. And as the Bible says, your Father who sees you in secret will one day reward you openly. So the key is just be faithful in what God has set before you. Jesus could come back at any time. So many wonder what we should be doing while we wait. Pastor Greg Laurie says the answer is clear. Make every day count. Live every day as though it were your last day, because one day it will be. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Just before we head out the door for holidays, many of us work like crazy to make sure everything's in order before we leave. If certain things are neglected, the consequences could be unthinkable. Well, someday soon, Jesus will return, and we need to make sure everything's in order before we leave, or the consequences could be unthinkable. And coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us make sure our priorities are in order and that we place our trust in the Lord. starting a new series and the title of this series is The End of the World, What Does the Bible Say? Grab your Bible and turn to James chapter five because we're gonna discover five takeaway truths on how to live as a last days believer. James five, I'm starting in verse seven. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently look for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to reap. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. Something you need to be doing as a believer waiting for the return of Christ. Be patient. Point number one, be patient. Look at verse seven. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. And when the time is just right, Jesus Christ will come back again. Now sometimes we may feel as though Jesus is overdue. (laughs) Hey Lord, we ask, have you looked around at this crazy world? Have you seen how wicked things have become? The Lord is fully aware of that. In fact, in the book of Genesis, when there was so much evil on the earth, 
that wickedness stunk effectively to high heaven and God intervened. God is aware, but God's waiting for something. Or maybe I should say he's waiting for someone. You say, what are you talking about? Second Peter 3 and 9 says, the Lord is not late as some men count lateness. He is long suffering toward us, listen, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, why have you not come back? The Lord would say, because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for more people to believe. I'm waiting for people to put their faith in me before I bring judgment upon this earth. Number two, as much as possible, stand in unity with fellow Christians. As much as possible, stand in unity with your fellow Christians. Look at verse nine. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Don't complain about other believers. Go to them and try to help them. This phrase here, to grumble about each other, means to groan from within oneself. It describes someone who has a bitter attitude. These are the people that are always complaining and always criticizing. Don't be that person. I find today that people are so quick to talk about someone instead of talk to someone. There's so much false information out there, especially on social media, especially on Twitter, which I guess is now called X. So I don't know, do we no longer tweet? Do we X? I'm not sure how that works out. But people will just say anything on Twitter and people will retweet it and they'll repeat it and believe it as though it's gospel truth. And a lot of times these things are simply not true at all. I'll even see Christians attacking one another. The Bible actually forbids that. Talk to each other. Make sure that you even understand the other person's position before you publicly criticize them. In Matthew 18, Jesus says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. And if they listen and confess it, you won the person back. Listen, don't be the person that tears others down. Be the person that builds others up. And this is what the Bible is saying to us. Now, number three, be aware of the afterlife. So as you live in this life, be aware always of the afterlife. Look at verse nine. Or you will be judged, for look, the judge is standing at the door. Judgment is coming to the world. Judgment is coming to every non-believer because the Bible says they'll all stand before the great white throne judgment. But listen, you may not know this. Judgment is also coming to the believer. But it's a different kind of judgment than what the non-believer faces. The non-believer, when they die, stand before the great white throne and if their name is not found written in the book of life, they're cast into the lake of fire. But for the believer, our judgment is at the judgment seat of Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. So this is not a judgment to determine whether or not you get to heaven because in fact this judgment takes place in heaven. This is more like an awards ceremony where rewards are given out. You see, when you faithfully serve the Lord, God takes note. And as the Bible says, your father who sees you in secret will one day reward you openly. So the key is just be faithful in what God has set before you. God will not hold you accountable for what he has called me to do. He won't hold me accountable for what he has called you to do. Each one of us will stand before God. 
But the good news is that rewards will be given out and I think there'll be some surprises in heaven. There'll be people that will be rewarded and will say, I never heard of them. They never pastored a church. They never wrote a book. They never ran a Christian worship band. Who is this Maud Firkin Binder? I just made her name up. I don't think she exists, but just some little old lady you never heard of before who faithfully prayed for others and did what God had set before her and she will be rewarded. So we'll stand before this judgment, but the key is be aware that life is short. There's an afterlife. Make every day count. Live every day as though it were your last day because one day it will be. Point number four, be courageous. Be courageous. Look at verse eight, take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. So as I wait for the return of Jesus, it should cause me to be bold and courageous. The New English Bible translates this verse as, put iron into your soul. It's also translated to be resolute. And by the way, that's the same word that is used to describe Christ going to the cross. He resolutely set himself to go to Jerusalem to be crucified. We need to be resolute. We need to be courageous. We need to be bold. You say, well, I'm not bold by nature. I'm a bit timid and I'm a bit afraid. Well, you need to get your eyes off of yourself and put them on the Lord and on the afterlife. I think of young Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian church. Courageous young guy, wouldn't back down. He was standing before the Sanhedrin. That was the ruling body of the time they ruled in civil and religious matters. They were sort of like the Supreme Court of their day. And so Stephen is standing before him and he begins to boldly proclaim the gospel. And while he was doing that, the people that were watching noted that he had the face like that of an angel. So there was something happening with his face and his countenance where he was almost glowing. And they noted that. And why did he have the face of an angel? Because he was getting a glimpse into heaven. In fact, we read in Acts 7.55, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the place of honor at God's right hand. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. They freaked out. They put their hands over their ears and they began to hurtle the rocks at Stephen and he died a horrible, violent death. And we read in Acts 7.59, as they stoned him, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he fell asleep. Wow. What an interesting description to describe that. Here is this young man dying a horrible death and he fell asleep. But that's what death is like for the believer. It's like falling asleep. By the way, this phrase is never used of the death of the non-believer, only the believer. So do you like to fall asleep? Generally you do. If you're older, you like to take naps. If you're younger, you never like to wake up till like 12 or something, right? So sleep is not something we have to be afraid of. And so we need to be courageous. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a message called, Is Jesus Coming Back Again? Let's continue. One last point. Be trusting. Be trusting and think of the example of Job. 
Look at verse 11. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Job, by the way, is the oldest book of the Bible. Did you know that? It was written before the book of Genesis. And in the story of Job, we have God's servant, a godly man, so godly, in fact, that God bragged about him. And one day the angels of the Lord were present before the Lord and Satan was among them because Satan or Lucifer is a fallen angel. God starts bragging about Job, his perfect and upright servant who fears God and shuns evil. And Satan pushes back and says, you've blessed him with everything and you put a wall around him. Satan says, if you stretch forth your hand and strike him, he'll curse you. And then a series of calamities fell upon Job. And the problem with Job is he'd never read the book of Job. <laughs> you know, sometimes people will say, well, look at all the calamity that's coming to the life of that Christian. They must have done something horrible to deserve it. It could be the very opposite. It's because of the godliness, not the godlessness of Job that the hardships came. So when something happens to you that's inexplicable, that doesn't make sense, God has either done it or he's allowed it, and it's for your ultimate good and his glory. Let me say that again. If something happens to you that doesn't make sense, God either did it or God allowed it, and it is for your ultimate good. Notice I didn't say temporary good. Your ultimate good and his glory because he promises that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. But what is God's end game? It's to make us more like Jesus. So anyway, Job just gets up one morning and all hell breaks loose. Everything that could go wrong goes wrong and then some more things go wrong. First of all, his servants are killed. His livestock is killed. More bad news comes and then the worst of all, his children were dead. It was so bad. And what does he do? The Bible says that he fell to the ground and he worshiped the Lord. And he said, naked came I from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he gave God the glory. And, uh, and then he lost his health. And he broke out in boils. Have you ever had a boil before? Have you ever lanced a boil? Ooh, he was covered head to toe in boils. And if that wasn't bad enough, his wife said to him, why don't you just curse God and die? Thanks for those encouraging words, Miss Job. <laughs> very, very helpful. <laughs> well, as it's pointed out here in James, God restored things to Job. He got his possessions back. He got his health back. He probably wished the Lord would have taken his wife. I don't know. <laughs> but he didn't get his children back, did he? But he knew he would see them again because his hope was in the return of Jesus and the resurrection of the body. Job, looking ahead to life, said prophetically in Job 19, I know that my Redeemer lives and after my body is decayed, yet in my body I will see God. So Job has given us an example on how to trust God in times of uncertainty. So what are we to do as we await the Lord's return? To review, here are the five points. Number one, be patient. Number two, as much as possible, stand in unity with fellow Christians. Number three, be aware of the afterlife. Keep your eyes in heaven. 
Number four, be courageous. Number five, be trusting. Let me loop back to a point I already made. Why is the Lord waiting? Why has Christ not returned yet? We would all love him to return. And we'll talk about that in our messages to come because I believe the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. When the Lord will come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And by the way, that word caught up comes from the Greek word harpazo and we get our Latin translation rapturus from it and our English word rapture from it. So we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Call it what you like. The rapture, the rapturus, the harpazo, the great escape. It's all good. He's gonna come and call us to heaven. That is the next thing I think will happen uh, on this calendar of end times events. But it hasn't happened yet. Why? The Lord's waiting. What if he was waiting for one person? What if you actually knew who that person was? Would you be tempted to put a little pressure on them? <laughs> Dude, could you believe so we could all go to heaven already? Come on. <laughs> Imagine if you were that person. Lord, I'm just waiting for you. And you believe and we're called up to be with the Lord. That's why you need to be ready because the Bible talks about two in a field. Jesus actually said this. There'll be two in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding at a mill. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be lying in a bed. One will be taken and the other left. And then he says, watch therefore, for you don't know when the Lord is coming. That shows it's a universal event. Some are working in a field. Some are laying in a bed. So it's gonna happen globally. But my question for you is, will you be taken to meet the Lord? You have a choice. Get right or get left. Get right with God or get left behind. What's it gonna be? There might be someone who's living a double life. You put on a good show. And this is a good time to say, I don't think I'm living the way I ought to be living as a follower of Christ. I need to repent and make a recommitment. And there might be another person who would say, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I don't know if Christ is living inside of me and I don't know if I'll be ready for his return, but I wanna be. Well, you need to make that commitment to Jesus. So let's pray. And I'll extend an invitation for you to put your faith in Christ or make a recommitment to him. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down. And now I pray for anybody here or anyone who is watching wherever they are, if they don't know you, if they don't have a relationship with you, if they're not sure that their sin is forgiven, speak to them now and help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to believe. Now while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're praying together, maybe there's somebody here that would say, I need Jesus. I need to come into this relationship with him. I wanna be ready when the Lord comes. I don't wanna be left behind. Pray for me. If you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want to be certain that you will go to heaven when you die, if you want to be ready for the Lord's return, pray this prayer out loud after me right now. Pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from that sin now 
And I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie with those who are making a change today in their relationship with the Lord. And if you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and meant those words sincerely, well, we want to welcome you to the family of God. And we want to help you get started as a new believer by sending you some resource materials, which will help you in your new journey. Just ask for a new believer's growth packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg takes us to God's Word for the straight truth about the rapture. Good Insight is coming up. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called, Is Jesus Coming Back Again? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.